Coach Hubert Davis played 10 different Tar Heels at least eight minutes in the season opening win over Radford. But here's my question. Is it for real this time? And will it last? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined as we are every Thursday by our guy, Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University Buffaloes. By the way, we're actually recording this on Wednesday. Coach Rob has his first regular season game tonight, so best of luck to the Buffs. We want to thank you every day for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch to get your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, literally right as I hopped on the show today, we were having some conversation in the Locked on Tar Heels Discord chat, talking about like James Brown signing his national letter of intent. We're talking about if Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke this weekend. Would love for you to come be part of all those conversations too. The link to the Locked on Tar Heels Discord is in the show notes on video and audio. Come join us. All right, coming up on the show today, as always with Coach Rob, we've got story time later. And Coach Rob, if we got a little bit of time at the end of that, you need to tell us about the end of your exhibition win over the weekend, which was absolutely bonkers, folks. I hope we have a couple minutes for that. But then also, we're going to bring back a segment that Coach and I did a couple weeks ago that, honestly, I had a blast with. Coach, I think you did too from our conversation. And that was our red light, green light game. Basically, what we're going to do is I'm going to propose over the course of today's show several different things. And then coach and I are each going to either green light it or red light it. Green light it, it's going to happen. Red light, it's not. So basically, here's what we're doing. We're trying to extrapolate a lot from just one game of statistical data. And that's exactly what we should be doing. It's a wise thing for us, coach, right? Make season-long predictions based on one game. It's certainly the smart way to play it. And so that's what we're going to dive in to doing. The first thing uh, we're going to look at is some about the depth. Folks, we know that over these first two seasons of the Coach Davis era, the depth has just not been utilized in the same way that it was typically under Coach Roy Williams. And so the question is, you know, it seems like, at least on paper and from what we've seen in the exhibition game and in the win over Radford, that that depth is going to be used more this year. So, Coach, here is our first red light, green light of the day. You ready for it? Ready. Let's go. Let's go. Five Tar Heels will average double-digit points this season. Now, I'm specifically not saying five starters because that could change throughout the season, as we well know. So just any five Tar Heels averaging double-digit points this season, green light or red light? I'm going to go red light this one. And one main reason, um, to get five guys to score double figures, they have to play major minutes. I don't see five or six guys getting... Uh, 30 minutes or more. They had four guys play 30 minutes or more last year. I would be surprised if anybody's playing more than 30, 32. And and I I don't think you're going to have five guys averaging 30 minutes a game. I think you're going to see guys averaging 26 to 28. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And that's what it should be. And um, I still see three or four pretty easily averaging double figures. That fifth guy, I think, is is the tough one. Um, I mean, would they have three or four guys last year? I think. Um, you know, 
I think somebody was at 10 points, right at 10 points. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it was Pete. Year. Pete was like at 9.97 or something last something year. Something like that. So I could see somebody being around nine in that fifth spot, but I'm going to have to red light that one right now. I just can't see all five guys with the minutes being spread apart with everybody. I just don't see five guys being able to average double figures. All right, let me hold your feet to the fire a little bit on it. Well, it's probably not that difficult, but who are your, like, if it was, are you going to go four? Are you going to go three? What What would you put it at if you were naming a number and who would they be? I would go four. And I, you know, for sure, you, you know, talking Armando and RJ, of course, right. Cormac to me is definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's going to be right there with them in my opinion. Um, I think Harrison will be there. I think he's the fourth guy. I think he's going to play major minutes. I think people have already seen the fact that he can do a lot of different things and he doesn't care about scoring. I think he wants to, to, you know, impact the game in other ways, but I think he's still going to be average just because of the time. And he's such a good shooter. And um, unlike what he did Saturday, you know, Saturday, he's, he's a better free throw shooter than that. Sure. You know, I know he missed a couple of free throws. He's going to be fine. And he'll still shoot 70, 75% from there. But um Will will Elliot sneak up there? Will somebody else? Will Paxson? I don't think Paxson's going to get the minutes to be able to get to the double figures, but four pretty solidly, I think. And uh, there'll be somebody else that kind of sneaks up close, but I think four is the number. Same for me. I'm red lighting this one. I got to go with four, and it's the same four guys you mentioned, and then either Elliot or Paxson as the fifth leading scorer. I just don't see either of them getting to 10 points again. I mean, there will be games where they will score 10 points, but you know, with Elliot distributing as much as he's going to need to do. Uh, and and with Paxson, you said all the arguments I would make as well. So yes, I'm going to red light this one. I'm going to put my number on four. And that's, I almost put our number at four, but I was like, I feel like that's too easy. We got to make this a little bolder. And that's why I went with five. Coach, a quick trivia question for you on this. You ready? Yeah. When was the last time that Carolina did have five players average double digit scoring? Uh, how about 0809? I really yes. have no idea. That is correct. Uh, it did happen that year, but it has happened once since then. Yes, 0809 was Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, Tyler Hansborough, and Deion Thompson. But one time since then, and it was not the national championship year of 16-17. Wow, that's amazing. My, yep. The 0809, that team was my favorite team of all time. Same. I just love that team. And uh, uh, Deion Thompson and I have become really good friends, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. We try to get together, but that to world me is still traveler Dion Thompson. Man, he's everywhere. He's made some um, great memories and seen the world and and played a little basketball and made a little money along the way. But um, boy, he's he's again up there with my favorite Tar Heels of all time. Dion Thompson is right up there at the top of the list. I love it. Well, the most recent time five Tar Heels averaged double digits was the seventeen eighteen season. That's Joel Berry, Luke May, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, and of course Theo Pinson. Now, Coach, interestingly, to think about it, the last time it happened where five Tar Heels averaged double digits, but one of them was not a starter. Any guesses on that one? And I, it is who you think it is. Got to be Marvin? Yep, that's right. The 0405 team, it was Sean May, Rashad McCants, Jawad Williams, Raymond Felton, and then not Jackie Manuel, but Marvin coming off the bench. Yep, great call, Coach. You win all the trivia points today. Congrats to you. All right, here is our second red light green light of the show by the way i should have paused to give everyone a chance to think about it as you're listening or watching at home my apologies hopefully you paused it and made your own guesses on that okay so coach here is our second red light green light it's in the same vein of talking about the depth and coach's usage of it 
10 different Tar Heels average eight minutes a game or more. What are you doing? I'm greenlighting this one. I absolutely think so. And I know this is hard for us to believe. I don't think Hubert listens to anything we say you know, when it comes to playing the depth and the playing the bench and all that stuff. But the fact that he subbed the guys in as quickly as he did, um, I think he would make the statement to his team that, hey, this is a different year. We've got depth. We're going to use it. Um, seeing guys flying off the bench three minutes into the game. Uh, now, I didn't see the game live. I had to go back and watch the next day. We were kind of busy that night. Uh, we were practicing during the, the game time. But we got to go back and watch it the next day. And uh, to see those guys come flying off the bench so quickly, I thought was is encouraging. But I think, I mean, he's going to do what he wants to do. And if he feels that's the best way to win, he's going to do that. So I can see guys at least 10, probably not 11, but I think yeah. he's going to at least use 10 guys this year. And uh, I can see all of them getting at least eight minutes. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't think a Conquo gets to eight minutes a game. Um, now, I I started by putting this red light, green light at 10 minutes a game. And I, I thought that was a bridge too far. So that's why I bumped it back down to eight. Because I, I think that is something green lightable. And I'm going to join you in green lighting it. Looking back last year, only seven players averaged eight minutes a game. But in Coach Davis's first year, there were nine players who averaged eight minutes a game. Um, but uh, I'm I'm right with you. I think 10 guys do it. 10 of the 11 scholarship players getting eight minutes or more a game um, on this. I would imagine, I was trying to think about who I thought, if it was at 10, 10 minutes a game, I could see that being eight guys with maybe like Seth and Seth Trimble and Zayden High being just south of 10, but in that eight to nine range. And I think that's probably about the right distribution of those minutes. But as you said, I mean, there were, it was like every media timeout, there were dudes at the bench um, with, uh, same as the exhibition game. We had um, Zayden High and Elliot Cadeau checking in at the first media timeout. And then right after that was Jalen Washington and then Jalen Withers. And everyone's coming in and getting those minutes. And, and I, you know, there's always the question of, is that just because it's Radford? And same with the exhibition game, or are we going to continue to see that be a real thing? The basic question is, do we believe that for the first time Coach Davis will use his depth? As you said, he doesn't care a lick what we think, but we're here because we have fun talking about it. And I do think that it's not a fool me once, fool me twice situation. It's just, as Coach Davis has said, a matter of you earn those minutes in practice. And are these guys going to be able to come in? and either improve what's happening or at the least keep it at the same level. And it sounds like Coach Rob and I are both in agreement that these Tar Heels will do just that. All right, Coach, we got two more red light, green lights we're going to hit today. One of the biggest issues identified last year was the team's inability to share the ball well. This year, feels like they almost share it maybe too well. Are we going to see a resurgence in assist percentage? We'll investigate that in just a second. Right after I tell you that today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Jace Medical. Folks, we spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who sits, who starts, like we just talked about. I'm thankful for that connection we have, and today I want our chat to be a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you, my friend, are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and uh, Rivadio prescriptions, all of that is available to you. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. 
A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues put, caused me to put cut pills in half in order to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with the year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this service for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind this year by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Again, $20 off with code locked on at Jace Medical. Okay, coach, let's get into our next red light, green light. We're going to turn our attention to assist percentage. And coach, this is like a parlay. There's two parts. They both got to be right in order to green light this one. So uh, there are 31 regular season games, and here it is. North Carolina will be over 50% assist percentage in at least 20 of their 31 regular season games and finish at 55% or higher for the season. For some context, last year, the Tar Heels had 50% assist percentage on 13 of their 31 regular season games and finished with a 45% assist percentage for the season. Coach, red light or green light? I'm going to green light this one. And uh, it's a big jump from 45 to 55 and 13 to 20. I don't think we realize how bad the numbers were last year. I mean, they were really, really bad. And I think even just in a normal year, it's going to be over 50% and it's going to be a lot better. But I think we don't realize how bad the numbers were and how much we didn't share the basketball last year and how many bad shots were taken by people who are not there anymore. Uh, we don't need to say his name, even though they're, he's playing against Duke this weekend. But um, it's it's one of those things. I think that the jump's going to be very significant. I think we already feel the chemistry's better. We got to see that they shot 50% from the floor. They had a ton of a uh, ton of assists. Uh, Elliot having six in his first game, I think, uh, just shows that there's a lot more uh, sharing the basketball uh, to be had. I know uh, another big factor in this is is playing games at home. I know mm -hmm. it sounds funny, but these are professional division division one statisticians are a whole lot better than what we see at our level. But uh, we went on the road a couple of years ago, scored 90 points and had one assist. <laughs> so sometimes there's some some Home cooking got to be, you know, is that really an assist? Well, you know, I think we'll see that uh, the guys will have a lot more freedom sharing the basketball. I think everybody will get on board, and I, I can see us, those numbers being uh, fairly easy for us to reach to this year. I think so. I'm going to join you in green lighting this one. Yeah, I mean, Elliot, those six assists in 19 minutes. I mean, that's yeah. absurd. I keep meaning to go back and look at, like, Kendall's first game, at Ty Lawson, at Ray Felton's first game, and see – what their numbers were, but uh, at least with Kendall, I believe he had like four or five in his first game. And so, I mean, Elliot's right there with those dudes, obviously, as we joked about earlier, we got to see it bigger than a one game sample size, but uh, folks, you can believe in what you're seeing. I, that's a great coach. I loved your explanation of it's a big jump, but you got to understand just how bad last year's was I mean, legitimately, it's it's just so far down. Looking back, even a couple years, um, Coach Davis's first year, the team had fifty four percent on the season. The year before that, Coach Williams last year, fifty five percent. So yeah, it's not a bridge too far at all to say for the season they're back up over fifty five percent. And I know ten percentage points feels big, but again, this team is almost too unselfish, right? We heard Coach Davis talk about that. I think it was after the exhibition game, like. Hey, sometimes we were passing up great shots to get just a good shot. When the great shot's there, go ahead and take it. Um, but but these guys are going to continue to do that. 
And yeah, 20 of 31 regular season games over 50%. That's going to happen. Like the, the question is how many times will they be over 60% or how many times will they be over 55%? That's what I want to see. Let's not aim for a, a least common denominator on this thing. Let's keep bumping it up, keep shifting sides of the court, and that's going to make it play well with that. Um, you know, I it's so interesting, coach, because it, it's not just Elliot. It's not just RJ. We see these assists being spread around. We expect Harrison Ingram to, to be a high level, high percentage assist man. And so hopefully we'll see a lot more of that continue uh, on Sunday as Carolina hosts Lehigh. All right, coach, here's our last red light, green light of the day. This one, we're going to turn our attention to the big man in the middle. Armando Baycott, got his 69th career double-double in the season opening win against Radford, 25-13. and 13. I mean, just absolutely silly. There are 30 more regular season games, plus however many postseason games the Tar Heels play. Here's the red light, green light. Armando Baycott will make it to 95 or more career double-doubles. Coach, I pushed out a little bit on this one. This is an extension, so he's at 69 right now. That means he needs uh, 79. 89 up to 95. That's 26 more, uh, excuse me, uh, 26 more and 27 total this season would get him to 95. He had 19 last year. He had 31 tying David Robinson for the all-time NCAA record in the run to the national championship. Can he get 26 more double doubles this season? Coach red light or green light? I'm going to red light this one too much. And, uh, too yeah, far I think it's too many. It could be close. I think 90 is, is, a realistic number, but it, again, it, we're getting back to the numbers of minutes. And if his minutes go down even just a little bit, I think it affects his numbers. And what's the goal? The goal is to win games, and his goal is to win games. And if if the goal was to get Armando to ninety five double doubles easily, they they could do that. If that was the goal, but the goal is to win games, and I think the the ultimate goal is to win the national championship. So you want Armando Baycott as healthy as possible, as rested as possible when it gets down to the end. So I don't see him playing, you know, 35 minutes a game early in the year. You know, I can see there's some games that he he may have a game or two. Where we, you know, you see him play 20, 25 minutes, uh, especially if they have a Lehigh where they get a big lead and and maybe push it out a little bit. And uh, maybe he doesn't have to to score a rebound as much for for us to win those type of games. So I I don't think he's going to get to that many. I still think he could get to 90 fairly easily, but 95 would be significant. Well, here's what's funny. I, I when I first wrote this one out, I started at 90. And I was like, nah, that's that's candy. Uh, he'll get there. So that's why I pushed it out to 95. Uh, what's funny is your exact um, mental process of why he won't get there is exactly where I went. Um, it's all, the same kind of thing. We there was all the uh, bemoaning about Drake May's numbers earlier this season not being Heisman level. It's the same kind of thing. Right. Like yeah. Mondo not racking up double double after double double isn't an indictment on him. It is ultimately a win for the 23 24 Tar Heels. Now, it might be because he go he might go wacky early in games and, and get there on a double double, like almost had a first half double double on. I think he was one rebound shy of a first half double double against Radford. But um, a sign of him not doing it game in and game out means that there is help in rebounding from. Um, everybody from Harrison Ingram to Zayden Hyde to Jalen Washington to Jalen Withers to even RJ, as we talk about a lot, getting his nose in there and pulling some down. That is that is a helpful thing. Um, and so now if Carolina, I, I think it's also a numbers game. Some of it is just the uncertainty 
of how far do they go in the postseason? Because if it's just based on he's got to do it 27 times in 31 regular season games, whew, come on. I mean, that's that's ridiculous to ask. But if they play nine regular uh, nine postseason games, then I'm, I might greenlight this thing. So you know what, Coach? That's why I, despite us having the same mental process, am going to greenlight this thing, pushing Carolina way into the postseason. When Carolina went to the national championship game, Armando became the only player in NCAA history to have a double-double in all six NCAA tournament games. And so because of that, I'm going to greenlight 95 double-doubles. I, that's that's my, my biggest right. one here. I, I hope you're right. That would be wonderful. I think we'd all <laughs> celebrate that, but I would love to be wrong in this area. Yes, uh, well said, absolutely. All right, we're going to give Coach an opportunity, as we do every week, to share with us a great story from Carolina Summer Basketball Camp. And then, as I said, if we got a couple minutes, we you got to hear about the ending of his basketball game this past weekend. We'll have that conversation in just a second. Right after I tell you that today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks in all sorts of ways is the most exciting way for me to play daily fantasy sports. If you got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is a really simple way to do daily fantasy sports for busy people like coaching me. You can turn your picks and submit them in in less than 60 seconds. And if so, if your life is crazy, this is going to help you out in a big way. And it's so easy to play. Here's how it works. You pick two or more players and choose more or less for the stat projection given for that player. And then you just watch the winnings roll in. For example, the Panthers are in Chicago on Thursday night and Bryce Young's passing yard total is set at 223 and a half. Really interesting decision to make there. If you're going to choose Bryce Young, you go in more, you go in less. If you want to get in on that, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for that first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, we'll get to story time just really quickly. Want to remind you, Carolina women's basketball team kicked off their season on Wednesday night. Coach and I are actually recording this earlier in the day on Wednesday. So as of now, we don't know the exact result of that game against Gardner-Webb. But you know that Coach Courtney Banghart and the Lady Tar Heels pulled this one out. And so excited to watch that one on Wednesday evening and then see the season going forward. I'm really excited about the makeup of the women's team this year. In fact, I uh, actually texted Coach Banghart a little earlier today, just gave some encouragement. And uh, she just shouted back and, and said she was looking forward to it and uh, really excited for the season. So uh, good luck, Coach, as y'all get going. All right, Coach Robinson, for those of you who are tuning in, maybe never been with us on a Thursday before, is a two-decade veteran of the Carolina Summer Basketball Camp. He's currently working on a book, compiling all sorts of the ridiculous and wild stories that go on every summer. And each week, he shares one of those with us in the third segment. So, Coach, very excited to hear what you have to say today. 1993, uh, had a college buddy. I was still living up in New York, and uh, he called me one day and said, hey, I got tickets to the Elite Eight game at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Do you want to go? And I said, sure. I, I didn't know who was playing, and it ended up being my first Carolina game. And I grew up in New Jersey, no college affiliation. I rooted for the Yankees. I, I rooted for the you know, Vikings. I mean, I didn't really root for college teams back then, so I didn't really care who won. But it ended up being that great Nick Van Exel Cincinnati team against Carolina. And uh, we sat about as far up in the, you know, 
bleachers that you could ever, I mean, way up in the upper, upper level. And um, cool thing about that is this was Dante Calabria, Eric Montross, Brian Reese. I mean, it was guys that now I know and got to become friends with. So here it is, you know, 20 some years later, and I get to be a gym head at Carolina for the first time. And I get to meet uh, Brian Reese and he's in my gym and he's one of my coaches and I get to kind of hang out with him. But this is a Brian Reese story with, uh, with Hugh Donahue. Um, they like to play knockout. The old famous, you know, you know, make a line top of the key, two balls, you shoot, guy gets the ball in first, you know, before the guy behind him, the guy gets behind him, he in first and the guy, the guy gets knocked out and you play until there's one person standing. And uh, Huey just built it up as Brian Reese has never lost a game of knockout ever in the history of Carolina basketball camp. And these kids are all excited to play and, and Brian's out there playing and uh, he gets down to him and one other camper, just the two of them. And Brian's, uh, you know, he's going to win this one. Well, he hits the rim. The ball bounces way far away. And now this kid has a chance to beat Brian Reese. And as Brian goes and grabs this ball and comes back, he jumps in the air to block the shot of the kid. So he can't make the shot. And he lands on top of the kid. Now, these are 9, 10, 11-year-old kids. They're little kids. And Brian's this, you know, 6'5", you know, 220-pound athlete and knocks the kid to the floor. And the kid's dazed, like he, he doesn't know where he is. Well, in good form, Brian, of course, picks his ball up and scores. So the kid, while the kid's laying on the ground, you know, he, he scores. And then he looks at Huey and kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna get fired for this. And Huey basically looks at him and says, hey, as long as he wakes up, you're fine. Don't worry about it, you'll be, you'll be okay. But uh, the king of knockout had to literally knock a kid out in order to, to save his face and not get, get beat in a game of knockout with a bunch of 10 year old kids. That is classic. And of course, finishing the basket, you got, you can't not win, right? Like he had to make sure he at least got the ball in the basket, make sure he's not going to lose that one. But it uh, shows a little bit about the competitiveness of some of these guys. Uh, simple game of knockout. He just was not going to lose. Even if it meant knocking a kid out. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Literally knocking him out. Oh my gosh. That's, and I, I've seen like how many of us have done that. It's like, uh, you got to save yourself in the game of knockout. So you just go and block the shot of the guy right behind you or the lady right behind you. So uh, I have <laughs> never finished by landing on my opponent, though. That's a phenomenal. You never knocked, you literally knocked a kid never out. Kn no, 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 no. Now, uh, coach, that that basketball game, what a first game to get to go to. What a wow. That's yeah, we had, we had a great uh, trip out to Jackson, Tennessee this weekend. Got to play a really good Union University team, uh, big and long and athletic. And, uh, we it's their homecoming, so it was a good crowd and uh, really good for our young guys to be able to go into that atmosphere. And uh, we snuck away with a 91-90 win at the end and uh, made plays down the stretch when we needed to. But down nine and a half, actually down seven with three minutes left and just uh, never stopped, you know, just never gave up. Always good to go take somebody's cookies, especially at their homecoming game. Uh, Coach, big congrats to you guys. That's funny. I, I actually got to watch the footage of the game. Scary moment. At the end, coach, what tell like the final like eight seconds? Uh, you know, you get the bucket to go ahead 91 90, but then uh, it was not over. Lots transpired after that, right? Yeah, we're down, down uh, one with eight seconds, scored a, a full length, you know, drive layup with, with just over two seconds. Uh, they call timeout, throw the ball length of the floor. One of our guys steals the ball and in his excitement just threw the ball up in the air and not realizing that there was this, a beam running right down the middle of the court, hit the beam. They go to the monitor, put another 1.2 seconds on, run a sideline out-of-bounds play, get a pretty decent contested look at the buzzer, 
the ball literally just it rattles in and then just kind of crawled out. And the fans thought it was in. When the ball was rattling, they all cheered. And then it was the, oh, and then uh, so our guys had a good celebration and uh, we had a good time. It made the trip home a whole lot shorter. Yeah, very much so. I I was very glad I knew the outcome of the game already because that, that ball, it was down, man. Like I was like, oh, that that's, and then it was one of those that somehow miraculously found its way, miraculously and thankfully back out. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, great play to throw it in the air, run out the clock, but uh, the ceiling was just a little too low on that one. And uh, that's what happens sometimes. So anyway, coach, yeah. congrats on that win. Uh, really looking forward to hoping that Milligan has a great season. And so that's great. Folks, it's been another great episode. So fun to play our red light, green light game. Hope you guys enjoy that. I hope you played along with us. Would love to hear your thoughts on all four of those that we talked about today. Coming up on the show tomorrow, we got a massive weekend to get you ready for. Carolina and Duke on the football field. Tar Heels trying to get back another ACC win. Obviously, knocking off Duke is always a win. And then on Sunday, hosting Lehigh in the second college basketball game of the season. We'll recap all of that on Monday. Looking forward to it. Hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. Want to remind you that you can subscribe to the show. Smash the like button if you're watching on video. Also, if you want to have more in-depth conversation, again, come join our Discord, or you can email the show LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Be right back with you tomorrow, but until then, peace.